Geek Shock. Give me shit. Yep. That's why it's so out of control. Well, I know it got out, it's, it started growing. I'm like, oh, it's it's cold enough. I can see what it looks like. Oh, what the hell? And then I realized that same bottles are coming up. I'm like, okay, that's a reason to keep it going. So. Shaving my head for the cancer kids. Now, are they actually saving the hair? No, no, no. It's a pledge thing. Okay. It, it's a let's let's uh, let's embarrass our friends by shaving their heads and pay money to have them shave their heads. You know this. So, so it could be something more worthwhile. In, instead, it's just a uh, ice bucket challenge kind of. Yeah, thing. it's an ice bucket challenge. Yes. I Shut your you. face. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, it's a reason to get my hair cut, so that's good because this is getting this is crazy, man. This is this is seriously is Hobbit hair. No, Darren does it every year. So, yeah. what chocolate were you hoping not to get in that box? I got both the ones I didn't want. I got the co- <laughs> the coffee kind of one and the coconutty one. I got ah. the strawberry one. You didn't want that well, one. God damn it! I wanted the strawberry one. Did you if really? you look you like under the box, one? there's it tells you what you want. Yeah. Oh fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's covered because we covered the top with the bottom care. box. Yeah. I don't care. I brought it to be shared. And it's very sweet of you. Oh, no. You think you are me? <laughs> I can hear everybody but Kay. Really? I guess because oh. Kay doesn't have a microphone in his face. <laughs> he just wants someone to talk to his hear, You could hear Kay's dick if you were trying. Whoa. No. <laughs> Whispering, help me, help me. Is that me for you? Help me. <laughs> throbbing, like, throbbing like a warp engine. Whoa. Yeah. Welcome, what? folks. This is Geek Shock number 277. I am Master Torgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Uh, we had ToyCon this weekend. Man, did we ever. Yes. It was a little bitty thing, but... It was a tiny little... Mighty but small. It was mighty. I was impressed with what they had to offer. I've had such a good toy week. God <laughs> damn it. It's out of control. I mean, the Toys R Us today, and you've been... I'm Just high. Loving I'm life. truly high. Because going to toy, the Toy Con wasn't enough. You needed to go to the Toys R Us also. It's a never ending process, Andy. Okay. I go to <laughs> Toys R Us every week. Almost every week. Yeah. Because you have to stay consistently on the prowl. You have an injected plastic monkey on your back, man. I do. And uh, <laughs> I have had that forever. Now, I usually enjoy a trip to Toys R Us, even if I don't find what I'm looking for. But some days, you hit that mother load and you lose your mind. Mm hmm. <laughs> This was one day. of those days. This is one of those days. Well, he brought me a Simpsons 25th Weird Al figure. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one I'd ordered a while back um, because those are going fast. Yeah. And I knew they would be. And uh, I lucked out. I ordered him uh, through Big Bad Toy Store. They okay. had it. That's a great, great, great show. They great had it at, at a decent price. Um, everywhere else online was charging crazy money for him. Um so, mm-hmm. they're very smart. NECA really knows exactly what they're doing. They made all these figures in exactly the same scale as the Playmates line, so they fit in perfectly. I now have a Weird Al hanging out in uh, the Main Main Street Springfield. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. Along with, with Penn and Teller. And with his accordion. With his accordion. Nice. Jamming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. You got, so, your, t- you got your tickets yet? To the gun show? To Weird Al. <laughs> no, I don't. Dude. I don't. I need to. He's got like six days at the Planet Hollywood here in Vegas. Yeah. In May, it, correct? It, yeah, yeah, I think so. 
But if you miss out on those, you got you can you can try for Laughlin in September. No, yeah. I'd like to go see him here. That'd be really fun. Uh, I went and saw uh, Wayne Brady on Friday night. I hear his show's great. It was good. Did he choke a bitch? He did not have to choke a bitch. Okay. Uh, it was he and um, Jonathan Magnum. Uh, Is that his regular partner? Usually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They've been together for a long time. I think he's the guy that help, works on it with him on uh, Let's Make a Deal as well. Okay. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was a fun show. And, um, but uh, back to the Toy Con. Um, as soon as I walked in the door, right there staring me in the face is Filmation-style Hordak, the, the <laughs> exclusive from last year's um, San Diego Comic-Con that I could not get. Did for, you get it? I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for thirty-five bucks. Whoa, Whoa, which is fucking street price. Yeah, like base street price. I'm like, I mean, it's a twenty-dollar figure if you buy it at the con, but nobody buys at the con. Right. Everybody buys it secondhand, so it's fifty dollars plus everywhere else online. So you did not hesitate at all. I didn't you haggle. Just, I didn't. I didn't. You walked up and said, I go, "How much for the? How much for Thirty-five. Oh, done. <laughs> whipped out my money. He even gave me the figure. It was so funny. He handed me the figure, and then he handed me another one that was in the box still. And he said, you want to check that out? Make sure it looks good. And I checked it out, and it's fine. And then uh, I got it. And then I was like, here's the money. He's like, oh, almost forgot. I'm like, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> it's good. Um, but yeah, man, it was cool. That was a cool con. And I went back to that same booth. Prices were right. They were really good. Yeah, they know what they're doing. That that was And, and there was some haggle room. Mm-hmm. So I, got, uh, I haggled him to uh, 23 on a Matt Hardy figure. Wrestling. Okay. Right? Okay, good. So I had still, no idea. Yeah, I was like... <laughs> still um, building out my WWE collection. This is from, okay. from seat wave four, old, when when Mattel first took over the line. But they still... All these figures look really good. They just... They, they really got the scans down. Um, so, I got Matt Hardy because I just saw him twice live here in town. Had to get Matt Hardy. Uh, I found Sergeant Slaughter. They came out with a deluxe Sergeant Slaughter last year. He's beautiful. I bought a uh, Mattel... Masters Universe Hot Wheels, um, and then haggle with him on the slaughter. Got five bucks off the slaughter, so that was a good deal. And um, and then I got a couple of loose figures, uh, old Masters figures to give to uh, Matt and uh, uh, Jacob. Sweet. So yeah, mm. mm-hmm. okay. On the super cheap, like two dollars a piece. I see yeah, those. Nice. those we won't w- tell them. I see those wrestling figures at uh, Walgreens of all places, but I don't, never know which ones you need. Uh, it, the, the ones I need are hard to get. Uh, today I found junkyard dog who just, he just come out and he's, he's the deluxe version. He's nice. Um, see, I would have swore I saw Sergeant Slaughter because like I would recognize that name and it rings a bell that I saw that one. You might've, you might've, it's well, possible. I mean, yeah. After, especially after the GI Joe crossover with him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, he was out there mm-hmm. everywhere. And yeah, Walgreens is where I scored my, uh, ultimate warrior. Walgreens. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I got Ultimate Warrior at Walgreens for, you know, like 14 bucks, and he's a $70 figure. Uh, and that was right before he died. Mm. Nobody knew he was going to die. Now, were you there specifically for toys, or were you getting your Zyrtec D-Fix? Every time I go to Walgreens, just every time I go any store, if yeah. there's toys, I go look at them. Yeah, Because you never know it. what's going to be there. I don't even want them, and I look as I walk by. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotta 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 always scan. So that's kind of the fun. But yeah, this Toys R Us run was awesome. Big shout out to Nick, my boy who helped me out. He looked up the figures, checked to see if Wave Four was coming in. Uh, it wasn't in yet. 
with uh, the Simpsons figures, but he helped me pre-order some Wave 5 guys. So for no shipping cost, I got Matt Groening, Adam West, and another Homer figure coming Is to me. Is this guy local? He was uh, working at the Toys R Us. Oh, okay. This was, I'm sorry. I'm shifting all around my stories. Yeah, okay, but yeah right. this was today. This was the day at the Toys R Us. Gotcha. But yeah, the, uh, the toy convention, which I went for just a couple hours on Friday afternoon, um, stocked to the gills with all kinds of classic toys. A lot yeah. of classic toys. Not a whole lot of new stuff, but right. that was cool. That's because who needs the new stuff? Um, but I got a picture of uh, the uh, Black Star Castle, the Ice I, Castle. I actually had that guy pull it out for me. <laughs> yeah. I'll pull out the castle itself. <laughs> no, that was locked up. I mean, pull out the box and go over it. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was, and he, had, he offered for like 300 mm-hmm. which was the Black Star with Castle. With the box. Yeah, in the box. It was beautiful. With the box, not bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like, think it's Overlord's Castle. Okay. But it's from the TV but it's from show. The TV Black show Star? Black Star. Yeah. Oh, okay, John Blackstar, gotcha. astronaut. Yeah. Yes. Oh, he man precursor extraordinaire. Yep. Basically. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking up uh, Black Stars online. They're pretty reasonable. I might actually have to grab a Black Star figure at some point, or maybe I'll go. That was from the Toy Shack guys. So I'm always yeah. down there every Wednesday night. So actually, like, Rogue Toys made a great showing there too, and they opened up a new store down on Rainbow. So that's oh, what wow. I've heard. I got to go there again. Rainbow, rainbow and what? And what? Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what rainbow and what, but it's it's rainbow. And uh, then there's another place that's opened up called Brad's Toys and Collectibles, mm-hmm. and that's on Boulder Highway and Sunset. Let's see, see I got a couple. Oh, nice. As a uh, cartographer, rainbow goes from all the way to blue from Blue Diamond Road all the way up to uh, um, almost up to uh, the um, Tuley Springs. Where? Yeah. So I got <laughs> a Springs. I got a card from Brad's Toys. Uh, I'm definitely gonna go have to check him out. Yeah, Boulder Highway, uh, Suite A. Yep. And uh, was this, oh, this is Time Zone Toys. They're based out of Boise, Idaho. So I'm just going to have to email them. But I will definitely go to Brad's Toys. And, so like uh, we're like over by Sunset Station or, or further towards Boulder Highway? For all of our Vegas listeners. North Boulder. Of which we don't have as many as the rest of the world. So we'll stop really? talking okay. cartography. Uh, so what geeky things you do this week, gentlemen? Uh, I'm going to say this and then I'm just going to pause and let Paul rip for a half hour. I went to the Bad Fairy Ball. 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 I I think I had that in college. Yeah. No, it was a it was a you know get together at uh, Artifice and uh, a bunch of people in fairy and elf costumes and stuff wandering around. Some pretty good music. Uh, some uh, some you know some acts, some uh, belly dancing. Okay. Uh, there was a hula hoop guy that was actually at Steamathon named uh, Dizzy Hips. And the finale of it, <laughs> he's pretty funny, but the finale he of better it, be. Yeah. The, fina- <laughs> well, the, the first the thing he, like dizzy hips. The first thing he does is go into the whole, the whole you know, how to fight a hula hoop bit. And he goes to his whole hula hoop fighting thing where he rolls the thing out and then the stuff where he back. dives under it and, mm-hmm. and bounces it off himself and catches oh, it, bounces off his head. But the, his finale is uh, pulling out a 120 foot, 120 pound tractor tire. And hula hooping with a 120 pound hat tractor tire. Oh, oh. It looks painful. It's a bet. And he does it shirtless. It's like, ah, oh, oh. Does he go, oh, the pain? The blood yeah. comes no, out. He, oh, this hurts a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, he plays it pretty much. He becomes bloody, bloody hips. Yeah. Dizzy, bloody hips. Damn. No, didn't even hear of that, though. Dirty fairy ball, a bad fairy ball, bad, bad fairy, uh, bad fairy ball. Dirty fairy it's, ball. It's I like that one. It's an annual thing. It's <laughs> okay. organized by. Um, Penelope Pendragon, who's a local um, fairy fairy enthusiast, <laughs> with a name like Pendragon. Yeah. 
So would you say you're very curious? Uh, <laughs> yeah, when you're talking about girls with wings and corsets, yeah, I'm into it. Okay. Fairy shades of gray. Did you <laughs> go back to the toy convention a second day? I did. I did go for a second day. And what was the uh, the takeaway? Do you think they did pretty well? Did it seem like the vendors were happy, or were they like, oh god damn it, why'd I bring all this shit? <laughs> what a bust! I didn't hear any of that. There at the end, they were handing out these sheets for taxes to all of them that I witnessed, uh, which apparently is unorthodox. Yeah, and so a lot of them were like, "What's this? And what am I supposed to do with this? I'm supposed to give you money here?" And then just, so there's a lot of confusion at the end with that. I'll bet that actually is a Vegas thing that happened at the uh, Steamathon, and uh, uh, it, I, it definitely happened at the uh, the Pony Convention when they were almost pissed off and being booted out. Hmm. So that seemed to be some bad blood. But that, other than that, yeah. people seemed pretty happy overall. Yeah, I sold a dollar is what I'd say. I sold a dollar's <laughs> worth of stuff. Here's 50 cents. <laughs> Get off my dick. Uh, nobody was really packing up that early. There was only one guy that I saw kind of packing up early. So Okay, good, good. I hope it comes back. Uh, this, I guess, not the first one. So No. Was it the Riviera? It was at this Circus was at Circus. Circus Circus. Circus, wow. Yeah, in the impossible to find expo Was center. it ever impossible to <laughs> it's find? A, it's across the bridge, right? No. No, it's underneath the second casino. It's really hard to find, <laughs> okay. dude. Okay. Exactly. It was really First hard to find. First of all, you didn't know Circus Circus had a second casino. Is it the slots of fun to the left of it? No, no, it's in Circus Circus. Okay. Uh, you have to go up by Adventure Dome, their big theme park. Right. And, and hook around the corner. That's, uh, that's the bridge. It was no. really close to self-parking. Okay. No, it's close to the bridge, but not across the yeah, bridge. It's close to like the bridge. The bri- across the bridge is the Manor Estates. Yeah, exactly. It's not in the Manor okay. Estates. Although that's the first place I looked. Oh, yeah, me too. I went there and I was like, mm, this is wrong. This is a place of apartments. These are people who are staying for weeks and weeks. Can you imagine staying for weeks and weeks at Circus Circus? No, I cannot. I cannot oh, imagine wow. staying for hours. <laughs> I used to work at Circus Circus at did the you Adventure really? Dome. Yes. Did you really? Yes. The hell did when, you do at the Adventure Dome? When uh, Second City was still kicking, for a time, a lot of us did part-time for this company called Ham on Rye Technologies, which is now defunct, I do believe. But they had been putting in these things inside of theme parks where it was a VR headset that everybody would wear. Oh, and yeah. And they'd things. all sit in these chairs, and the chairs would buzz and, uh, and little stuff like that and shake and rumble. And you would, I would be the virtual headset guy. I'd be a pirate, and I'd be. They, they play this virtual game. They had to scream and shake and do all kinds of silly shit. And I could watch them on camera and give them points accordingly, however I wanted to. Oh. It was the weirdest little thing, but it was fun for a while. It was cute, man. <laughs> all right, yeah. Um, and I guess they'd done gangbuster business at a couple of the theme parks um, in you know Midwest and whatnot. Okay. But you try and sell that at Vegas, and it's just a yeah. no-go. It's just a no-go. Well, in order to get back to the Adventure Dome, you have to wind your way through a maze of old casino. And then you get there, and it's got all that glass focusing every bit of noise right back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when one of the best restaurants they have there is owned by Neil from... Motley Crue, Vince Neil. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, there's the steakhouse that's there. Oh, that's is still, true. That is a great. Still registered as one of the best steakhouses <laughs> in Vegas, which is weird, but true. Grills, so true. grills, grills. <laughs> that's what they should have called it. Yeah, they really, should have called it grills, grills, grills. Hey, Vince Neil, grills, grills, grills. Because <laughs> as it was, that like, chicken at four hundred degrees. 
Grills, grills, grills. They called it Tatuado, right? Yeah. Isn't that the name of the restaurant? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same name as his vodka, if I recall. Correct. So I'm 10 episodes into Evangelion. What's just happened? Um, the German... Oscar. Uh, Oscar. Uh, she went down into the volcano, volcano and... and to, to fight the angel. To fight the birthing angel. But now that I'm this far in, and even though I haven't seen Pacific Rim, but knowing what is in Pacific Rim... I'm seeing your arguments. You understand? I'm starting to understand where your arguments well, are coming from. Well, it was from. he wanted to make he wanted to make Evangelion. That I see so many similarities. I mean, Just, beside the fact that it's giant robots versus creatures. Now you haven't specific even specific stuff. Yeah, you haven't even right. You haven't even gotten to a place where Atsuka and uh, Sinji had to work together yet. Yes, I, you did get that, through that. Yes, where they do the DDR stuff. Yes, right. So, so that's exactly what they do in a in a limited way uh-huh. for the sharing mind space stuff, and it's sure. the same kind of thing. And it's anyway, yeah. And no. the big robots from the various countries. Dude, fuck and- Pacific Rim forever, <laughs> forever. Fuck Pacific Rim. Yeah. But I'm all with this. I plan on poor man's. Rim. It's the poor man's ignorant <laughs> neon genesis. No, because it'll make you cry. It'll be, you'll just see no, all no, the wasted it. potential. Watch, watch it. it. I, I, I was still. I was still watch it, but oh. I want to watch it. Having seen Evangelion first, great. So you want to watch it angry? I think you should have done <laughs> so it. My opposite. thing is, I should watch he, it he first. He probably won't then... be angry. He probably won't be angry. Nah, he won't. Has anybody here stumbled across Danger Five yet? Yep. Oh my god, <laughs> that entire show. Did is... I talk about Danger Five? Uh, you mentioned it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the show is made of what the fuck? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> it's bizarre. <laughs> wow. I danced for Hitler. I love the dogs. <laughs> the yeah. Talking dogs make me laugh my yeah. ass off. So you 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 uh, you got Evangelion? You bought it? You, you pulled the trigger. I've had the first disc, but now the rest of them I'm doing through Netflix. Oh, because okay. I don't have the rest of them. Oh, 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 the the, the hard the hard mm-hmm. disc. He's one of the few that still has the disc subscription portion. Yeah, well, I, I, I that actually pays do off because it's not it streaming. In. It's mm-hmm. irritating yeah. the shit out of me. I can see anything I want. Yeah. Actually, for a while, the um, Doctor Who was not available on um, streaming. You can only get it on the discs. Right. So, yeah. But, All right. Well, before we go into proper. Of course, we lost Leonard Nimoy this week. Oh, yes. And I know some of you guys wanted to say some things about that, so this is where I open the floor to that, gentlemen. Well, I can tell you, uh, for me, it was, uh, you know, very sad at first, but, you know, then just remember all the joy that, you know, him not only as Spock, but... uh, Spock, I only knew him from In Search Of. (laughs) uh, As a fellow photographer... Um, he uh, got into photography late in life and uh, was very accompli- fairly accomplished at that as well. Um, he wrote a lot of poetry, which I didn't know about until, you know, recent years. Um, but as a kid, um, Spock was one of my heroes. I mean, uh, when, you know, there were not as many friends that were into Star Trek uh, growing up in Wichita as, okay. uh, you know, as now in my adult life but uh when we would inevitably play star trek i always wanted to be spock where everybody else wanted to be captain kirk so i thought that was uh you know very telling of my opinion of not only the character but uh, as i got older and had met the man several times uh, you know who leonard nimoy was himself and not just the character that he played and of course he was on in search of uh, and I also have to give him credit for getting me interested in the film business because Nickelodeon had that show, Standby, Lights, Camera, Action, 
which uh, was all about behind the scenes of movies from, I want to say, 82 or 83 till about 87. Um, and that was hosted by Leonard Nimoy. Um, hmm. There was a different voiceover for all the behind the scenes stuff, but he conducted a lot of the, the interviews that you would see in the show. Uh, I remember he did an interview with George Lucas, which was... You know, at the time, Lucas didn't didn't really do a lot of interviews, but this is while he was doing Return of the Jedi. So um, you got to see the behind the scenes stuff on Return of the Jedi, as well as you I've know, heard of this show. Anyways, yeah, it was no. on Nickelodeon. Hmm. I Never. vaguely remembered existing. I remember ever watching it. Oh, I watched it religiously. I was I was so fascinated with you know how movies were made, and then you know a lot of people don't like to watch behind the scenes stuff because it breaks that fourth wall for them. You know, it ruins, shatters their illusions. But I was just enthralled with it. I mean, you know, watching the, sure. you know, the sweeping camera moves on the end of a jib, you know, sweeping across the audience that you wouldn't be able to have gotten, you know, just 20 years before. Right. You know, just the various advances and, you know, technique. So anyway. Uh, that was a good show. Uh, I, I remember watching him do the preview for Rock and Rule on that show. And I was oh, like, that's okay. the only rock place I ever heard about Rock and Rule. And uh, stu- cool stuff like that. Yeah. I also remember my dad watching In Search of a lot when I was a kid, <laughs> I, which is just laughable now sure, as, a, as but an that, adult. But that opening scared the shit yeah. out of me when I was little. With the crystal skull? It, it was the music. Yeah. yeah. Didn't the crystal skull yeah. pop up in that? Oh, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. In uh, Boston, the Science Museum, there's one of those um, Omnimax theaters thing where the where the seats are all ranked up and they've got huge uh, speaker setups. Yeah, ranked up seats. Well, yeah, they get bank seats. And uh, there, yes, the Leonard Nimoy Theater, isn't it? Well, yes, it's the Leonard Nimoy Theater, and Nimoy's Nimoy's doing the the introduction as you're, as before the show starts, and, so, and you hear like. It sounds like other people in the theater, but it's already recorded. And so, why is Leonard Nimoy doing this? Because I grew up four blocks from here. Yeah. <laughs> he also contributed like quite a bit to the 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 uh, money to the rebuilding of that, if I recall. That makes sense. Yeah, it's his neighborhood, really. I mean, really, literally four blocks away from the science. Yeah, movie. he grew up in in that Boston area. In fact, there's a there's a, interestingly enough, there's a little short on uh, PBS. It's like a short mini documentary it's about 20 minutes long 25 maybe short called letter nimoy's boston that was produced by pbs oh okay and uh i i still have not got a chance to watch that yet but uh he and his son adam basically go throughout the city and he points out to adam all the places that he went when he was growing up and you know well that used to be i've seen clips <laughs> of it nimoy, i haven't watched your it all. surrogate father right you know this is where <laughs> <laughs> this used to be this and so forth so anyway yeah, I remember when he came to the experience when we first opened it. That was back when I was in Starfleet. And that was back when uh we had a, a huge crew, but there was one there was one huge part in the show, Ensign Thomas, who took you from the transporter room through to the uh escorted you to the sim load. Um and uh I actually pulled pulled seniority rank and when, when he went through <laughs> I, I i demanded i do ensign thomas you pulled a neil armstrong all right so um he uh he went through and it was really funny because um his entourage his family was with him and other people and they formed like this there was like this bubble around him like five or six feet in diameter around him where no one got near him like a roman phalanx 
Uh, no. <laughs> no, because they were all behind him. Oh, uh, okay. And um, when the room flew up, there's Leonard Nimoy, and then there's these people <laughs> the clustered around behind him. <laughs> Uh, escorting them through the transit corridor, they all hung back, and you know how it curves. So at for several seconds as we're walking down, it's just him and me. He's got these, he had these Coke bottom bottle glasses on, so I couldn't see his eyes. And right. I remember, funny, I, I was a little embarrassed because he he seemed uncomfortable. And I, I just remembered being an insecure actor thinking, God, he must be looking at everything I'm doing wrong, and he just me must be thinking, you know, oh, all the awful, you know, oh, how horrible I'm doing this shit, and <laughs> all the things he would correct if he had it, if he was directing it, and him, you know, and running him through. It's very interesting. It was very weird. I I seen you do Ensign Thomas, and I don't believe for a second you did a battle in front of him. Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. As an insecure actor, I really appreciate that. <laughs> but it was it was it was interesting. It's um. It's interesting watching people like that watch you do that and also the other people because I remember watching his family members and they were all looking at him to going see how through he was this. reacting to it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was just bizarre and and it was definitely that that go through was all about him because I'm telling you I'm seriously they gave him his space and it was like it was like he was doing a personal show all by himself but they just happened to be there. You know, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. it, no, was, it was, I, that makes perfect yeah, sense. You know, yeah. but it was it was it was actually very cool to do that for him. I it's about the best as it got for me for meeting people. I was I became a character walk around late in the game, so I didn't meet the celebrities that most of the other space monkeys got to meet and and interact we, with. We met them. We, it was brief. Everything was super brief. Like I I took a picture with George Takai and was done. Um, Frakes was the coolest. Yeah. He was the coolest. Shook his hand, chatted to him for a sec. He was co- I I was his sim loader when yeah. he went through the show, and somebody screwed up uh, the <clears throat> sim, and so I had to to vamp for him. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because Frakes is just standing there. He's got his arms folded, big old bear of a dude, yep. and he's just smiling at me. It's totally, it was so funny. Cause Cause he, t- he must have known the script. He must have oh, known you were spamming. He didn't know the script, but he knew something was up. He knew I was just bullshitting my way through. And it was funny because the smile was a commiseration. It was like, yeah, yeah, kid, we've all been there. You keep going. You're doing all right. You go. You're okay. It was, it was, it was fucking hilarious. Um, Frakes also impressed the shit out of me. With his Twitter response to Nimoy's death, because he's the one, he actually tweeted, rest in peace, the best first officer, Yep. which I thought was a lovely sentiment on his part. So Yeah, all the, I mean, it's it's too bad he had to die for us to see all that stuff, but all the celebrity tweets about him were great, and uh, there's a bunch of stuff I'd never seen. There were a couple music videos he was in, I'm like, holy crap, there's a a music video with him in the, is is it the Bengals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's one of him in the Bengals. It's bizarre. It's like he's driving in a car, and for no apparent reason, the Bengals are in the backseat singing, and he's sort of vaguely annoyed and confused by the fact they're in the back of his car. <laughs> Maybe he didn't know they were filming. And I swear to God, Susanna Hoffs gives him the most, the sexiest look. She just, well, that's all she I'm, gives. I'm, 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 yeah. 
as I said, as I said, and he's I, used to them going his way, though. Yeah. <laughs> no, as, as I said when I, when I posted on the, the the video, it's like I'm completely shipping those two. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'm reading some uh, right. Just trying to find and it. Then it was right. um, what was it? Uh, <laughs> fucking right. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yes. Susanna Hoff still looks good. Yeah. I just yeah. saw a picture yeah. of her the other day. Yeah. Even she's like 50 and yeah. still smoking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, smoking that'll prematurely age you. It's uh, preserving the right smoking parts. hot, not smoking damn <laughs> <laughs> healthy lungs. I just was incredibly disturbed that Andy knew what shipping was. That was just. Oh. Um, I'm hip with the kids. I don't even want to know. Got to see Nimoy do his little Spock versus Q thing a little bit. In the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. When he came, I out. got to see him do that in uh, the, at the Adams Mark Hotel in Kansas City, which is supposedly where they recorded it for the disc. Cool, and I got a. A signed copy of that oh, nice. uh, CD from both of them. He was and John Delancey. He was so patient. They did a Q and A afterward, and he started off with, "Please, no questions about if I'm directing any more Star Trek movies because you know I want to focus on this, and I really haven't made any decision yet. Anyway, I'm like moving John and I first hand up. So, is there any chance you'll be directing the next Star Trek? <laughs> right. I was just like, I remember that. That Q and A was, yeah. That Q and A was. I was like, who are these troglodytes? <laughs> who are these people that? Come? And I'm like, oh, they're Trek fans, of course. Uh, some of them are just brain numbed. Bless their hearts. Boy, oh boy. Uh, you know. Also, by all accounts. He truly enjoyed being around Trek fans and their, oh, sure. their you know, well, who wouldn't, overall positive nature about well, yeah, like everything. Like a positive nature, exactly. He was incredibly paid. It, he was not... Hey. He, he was... And, and I'm not joking, guys. After he made that statement, he was asked two or three more times about yeah. directing Star Trek movies. And he movies. just giggled it off. And he was just like, nah, I'm not really... Go-. You know, he didn't... You know, there, was, there wasn't there a get was, a life moment. <laughs> you know, he was I just... just said, no, I'm, I'm not gonna... You know, it was funny. Yeah, but uh, he, you know... Favorite thing for me is the Simpsons monorail episode. Monorail. Forget it. Oh. That's just the best. Monorail. Cosmic ballet goes on, baby. Oh, yeah. The cosmic that was, ballet goes on. That was one of the the cute, uh, the cuter goodbye to Leonard Nimoy things, memes people put up was that him. Yeah, the Simpsons. My work here is done. Or yeah, my work is. here is done. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. him and singing then, Good Morning <laughs> Starshine at the end of that episode oh, yeah. still kills me. <laughs> Don't it go. Kills me. The world needs laughter. Mm. <laughs> and he <laughs> obviously had a sense of humor. He sang Bilbo Baggins. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. He was a funny guy. He was a funny guy. Funny guy. He's yeah. funny guy. I assume everyone saw his last tweet and everyone knows it by now. Yeah. I can't remember it by heart. but Life is like a garden. garden it is beautiful but it doesn't last forever or something like that it can, can only be preserved in memory right it, yeah. Yeah. yeah llap mm-hmm. oh, i need oh, another even, that uh, foot of chocolate, chocolate. professor biggs even had a little faky. post uh about being uh part of the crew that transported him up when you did the when he went through and said that uh after the room flew he Said that was fantastic. So I don't know mm-hmm. if that was before you walked in as Ensign Thomas. That, that would have been. That would have. But been. Uh, yeah. said he had a big smile on his face, and I'm like, that's cool. Yep. That you know, even at your age, seen it all, seen it and done it all. So he totally broke character. S- suddenly, you know, <laughs> what? Impressed. Bigs? No, no, not Bigs. Oh, oh, I wonder if, if, if Biggs did his trademark microphone up in front of his fucking eye as blue rotation <laughs> for the transporter officer. Who knows? He, he might have as, developed that by then. As a, as a side note about Biggs, 
he posted a picture a couple weeks ago. Um, this is me with my mad face, with you know, trying to figure out how else I'm going to screw up tonight. Because he like, he he went up on some lines. Yeah, and it was so funny because the the comments are running through and people, what happened? Oh my goodness! Oh, he must have gone up. And one guy, I gotta meet this guy, who's a friend of Biggs, and he was like, oh. Uh, uh, He's probably went up on some lines, and then he cracked himself up, and then he cracked up, and then he broke, and he probably broke himself because it is Biggs, which if you've worked with him, totally makes sense. He breaks himself all day long. He breaks himself like crazy. Break yourself, fool. And it was awesome because I just, (laughs) yeah, that's true. But yeah, rest in peace, Leonard Nimoy, and thank you so much for everything. The astronauts... That one astronaut the doing science the, officer, the, the Vulcan yeah. salute in front of the the Earth in the blue uh, shirt kind of with in, the yeah yeah that, that that stuff it's I met a plenty of scientists and engineers at Trek who talked about how they were oh yeah um, influenced and inspired and uh, especially reading a lot of the people talking about Spock himself inspiring them. Did I, you see uh, Nathan Villian's tweet? Yes, yeah. yes. That w- that was another one that was really super. Please cool. share because it's not every day. The um, I, I have I, been. Oh, you, you. I have been and always shall be your fan. Nice. Which was really, that right, was really great. Cool. That was really yeah. great. Um, yeah, you're right. I remember at the experience, lot you know, tons of people. It, Star Trek had a huge impact on uh, yeah. science types yeah. and and yeah. pushed them to do their thing. I've told this before, I think, but um, we were. I was in charge of the board, the uh, the cork board in my dorm hallway for one month right okay and every month you got there was a different theme oh, and okay. so uh this this uh this month was think about the future right so i was like okay think about the future so i put up careers of the future oh. right and so I put, like i put like today's career lawyer future career space lawyer <laughs> today's career <laughs> garbage man tomorrow's career space garbage man and i just and it was just the most bullshit crazy thing and my ra came up and was like you got to take this down and a friend of mine he was like no this is legit and and, and ra was like what and he's like i am studying medicine and i want to one day practice medicine in space Zero G has a different effect on metabolism rates yep. and all kinds of other things in the human body. It's a totally legitimate thing that one day I might be able to be a space doctor. And my R was like, all right, let it go. <laughs> and, so, and so we left it go. It was so great. And that uh, that friend whose name escapes me right now, uh, he happened to be at, uh, in Vegas and at the experience one day. And this had been years since I'd seen him. And uh, I did my best to intimate who I was through my Klingon garb. Oh, wow. It took him three minutes to finally recognize me. And then we met up after, uh, after work so we could chat for a bit uh, as, as human, and, uh, human and human. But it was really nice. But I can remember watching the premiere of uh, uh, Voyager in his room way, way back in the day. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 94. Wow. Mm. Yeah, I, I, my best friend was a Trek fan in college. We watched the premiere of TNG at college. Um, Good shit. All right, gentlemen, we got a lot of news to get to, so we're going to start with news you don't give a shit about. What? Techland. This is the company behind uh, 
Dying Light, that uh, game for Xbox One, PS4, they've revealed one, as in one in the entire world, special edition of its zombie-themed survival game, Dying Light, that cost $386,000. It comes with a custom-built Dying Light zombie home by Tiger Log Cabins, which happens to include an Xbox One, a sound system, and other amenities. Also includes zombie avoidance parkour lessons with Ampasound. They're the ones that made the Dying Light parkour POV video. Uh, be a Be the Zombie match against the game's development team. A trip to Techland's headquarters in, in Warclaw, Poland to meet the development team. Uh, your face skinned into your Night Hunter character model. Some Dying Light branded night vision goggles. Some adult diapers for the night portions of the game. Four signed steel box editions of Dying Light. Two sets of Razer Tiamat headphones. And a human-sized volatile figurine. Uh, one copy of this special ed- version of the game will be sold at uh, the UK retailer Game. So they have $300,000 special edition. That one actually of my- sounds like there's almost $300,000 worth of stuff <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite uh, shows on game trailers, Mandatory Update. Which mm. If you're not watching Mandatory Update, <laughs> you should be watching Mandatory Update. It's very funny. But Elise Williams, she had a joke on this, and then she read through all the stuff that comes with the thing, and she went, and then she went like, uh, also included is like a baby, uh, uh, some 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 fake teeth, some 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 something else, a bunch of other just ridiculous shit. And she was just like, those last few things I made up, but I wanted you to think that all this shit was actually cool. So I'm butchering the joke, but it was really funny. Yeah, it was like, who the fuck is paying for this crazy shit? <laughs> I mean. Obviously, this is more PR than anything. And right. Well, sure. Yeah. This yeah. is probably going to go unsold. It's a pretty good publicity he's done. Yeah. It's not like the Simpsons house they actually gave to somebody. <laughs> Never got to go see that. And I know it was like just down in Henderson, but... Uh, of course. I know it's been repainted since, but they said if you drive by it, you can still see the, you know, the structure is identical. Oh, the Simpson house? Yeah. That always bums me out. A woman from my hometown won that contest. Did she really? A really? Woman from Richmond, Kentucky, won that contest. Mm-hmm. That was before I'd come to Vegas and killed the home. So many predetermined, predestined things for me being here in this town. <laughs> I love Vegas, man. I fucking love it. News you don't give a shit about. Uh, Amazon is the home for self-published weird erotica, uh, but this one may be my new favorite. Uh, you really need to get on Boone Swamp. I could make money, right? Yes. You could totally make money. No doubt in my mind. Uh Tiger Man is gold. (laughs) Uh, It's by author Chuck Tingle. (gasps) The the Chuck Tingle? The Chuck Tingle. Tingle. And is titled Seduced by Dr. Bigfoot, Attorney at Large. (laughs) (laughs) Sasquatch Erotica. Yeah, that's that's a thing. Here's the synopsis. The unfrozen caveman lawyer is his agent, right? <laughs> On the eve of the biggest case of his life, attorney Mark Tucker gets some devastating news. The opposition has brought in the new lawyer, the notorious Nart Bulgak, who has never lost a case. Lost a case. <laughs> <laughs> No! What? <laughs> no! Oh, God. Uh. 
Bulgak. Was wait, never wait, 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 wait. Wait, Bogok or Bogart? Bulgak. B-U-L-G-O-K. Bulgak. 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 Who has never lost a case and is the mystical uh, mythical creature Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> as, <laughs> as well as a renowned doctor. <laughs> <laughs> After completely botching his opening statement, Mark retreats to a nearby bar to nurse his wounds. But when Nart shows up to offer an olive branch... An olive branch? (laughs) A knowledge branch? Pull yourself together, Torgo. I don't know. I can can barely see through my tears right now. (laughs) To offer an olive branch, things took a turn for the unexpected. Suddenly, the two of them find themselves wrapped up in a sordid night of erotic gay desire. (laughs) One that will change the shape of their hearts and buttholes forever. This is the description. <laughs> the shape of their hearts and buttholes forever? <laughs> this is the official description. Why is there always got to be a gay Bigfoot? This erotic tale is 4,200 words of sizzling human on gay Bigfoot action. <laughs> human on gay Bigfoot action? <laughs> Including anal, blowjobs, rough sex, and Dr. Lawyer Love. Wow. Wow. Seduced now, by Dr. Bigfoot, uh, attorney at law. I, I feel dumbstruck and beaten to the punch. <laughs> I warn you, Paul, I, I, I may soon have a lot of free time on my hands, and I will start writing this shit if you don't. Did you <clears throat> Did you talk to your I did. boy? I'll, we'll talk about off camera. Off camera? <laughs> <laughs> oh. We're on camera? Shit. Oh, good. Okay, cool. We'll talk yeah, about yeah. it. Great. <laughs> Weekend geek! Yeah, it's time to, it's time yeah, yeah. to put yeah. pen to paper. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I can't. Uh, the, the the novel where he goes up against uh, Kirok, the uh, unfrozen caveman lawyer, is a uh, an, another novel coming up. Okay. <laughs> Harrison Ford will return for the upcoming Blade Runner sequel and reprise his role as Rick Deckard. The studio Alcon Entertainment confirmed Ford's involvement. Also noted that Scott Ridley Scott is attached to executive produce. The 1982 original is one of the most iconic works in sci-fi film history and established the gritty dystopic style that films have been emulating ever since. The original film's co-writer, Hampton Francher, they had a hand in the sequel script, along with newcomer Michael Green. Green is a relatively hot commodity these days. He's also working on DC's upcoming Flash film and uh, Scott's Prometheus sequel. Little is known about the story, aside from the fact that it will take place several decades after the original. An early front-runner to direct this long-awaited sequel has also surfaced. The Hollywood Reporter indicates that Dennis Villeneuve, who did Prisoners, is in talks to helm the project. Along with Prisoners, Villeneuve directed the crime uh, thriller Cesario and Canadian Oscar-nominated French-language film Incendices. Uh, production isn't set to begin until summer of 2016, which means that 2017 will probably be the earliest we see this picture. Wow. That's dangerous, dangerous territory. It kind of is, isn't it? You could end up with the two Jakes. The that se- wasn't that the, bad. The sequel to Chinatown mm. that nobody saw except for apparently 80s. I saw it. Yeah. Crystal Skull. <laughs> yeah. Let's hope it doesn't go Crystal Skull. It's that's, that's not... See, the Two Jakes is not really a sequel to Chinatown. It's simply another story featuring the character. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, they do sprinkle in like midway through a couple of hints of what happened to him in the Chinatown story, but you know, it's 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 a separate story. Mm. 
Yeah, I but not from what I've heard, not very compelling. I I enjoyed it when I saw mm-hmm. it. I mean, I haven't really seen it since, but so that's happening. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm no? so impressed with the Latino Review. I, I don't know what what kind of blackmail stuff they have on people deep in the trenches yeah. of Sony Fox and I'm, so on. I'm sticking with but, Paul's but, racist thing that is the 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 janitors and the cleaning that, women. That was are that, on it. In, in his defense, that was not Paul. That was me. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'll stick to eighties. Yes, and you the, are. The, one, Paul one, an the one and only time that Paul did not go there, you I went there. <laughs> you understand? When I went to racist, I immediately assumed yeah. it was Paul. Right. <laughs> right. Okay. But yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> Night cleanup crew, you know, looked past, and they're going through desks. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? How are they getting these scoops? So Latino Review reports via a Sony source that Drew Goddard has been tapped to write and direct the still-untitled Spider-Man film. Yeah. And that, for the moment, all of Sony's planned Amazing Spider-Man spinoffs are no more. Goddard was attached to direct one spinoff, Sinister Six. Uh, Goddard's been making his name for himself as a writer well over a decade now. Uh, so far, his only credit as a director is his most recent collaboration with Joss Whedon, uh, 2012's Cabin in the Woods. And he was initially tapped by Marvel Studios to helm their Daredevil Netflix series before leaving to work for Sony. A Latino Review source also spills a few more details about the film, including word that it will not include an origin story, that Sony's looking for a young actor who can start out with the character in high school, Ooh. that the Sinister Six will come together to battle Spidey in the film, and that Iron Man will be present as a part of an audition for Spider-Man to possibly join the Avengers. For a mo- for the moment, all this is unconfirmed, but that's the That sounds review. like Ultimate. It does, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like Ultimate. I mean... It happened in the Golden Age, too. That was the, uh, not Golden Age, I guess it was Silver Age. Right. Uh, Nick Fury and, and uh, Tony Stark were kind of the... Yeah, the key, in, in the key Spider-Man. members that uh, come to grab Spidey. Well, I mean, interesting. If, if it's true, he's a, he. I I really enjoyed Cabin in the Woods, and I that mean, was my favorite film of that year. And uh, yeah. I do know, as far as from his writing chops, he's he's got a lot of talent. So I mean, the the thing that impressed me about Cabin in the Woods um, was that uh, he got what he was doing. It was the right from the opening. It was just like, oh crap! This is remember, remember, sure, it, and and we we just looked at each other and it was like, oh crap! This is what it's gonna be, <laughs> and it 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 was self aware, but it was it uh, sincere. It, and I just it had a true love for its source material. Yeah, yeah. So I think I mean this based on that. That um, was that was really wonderfully beautifully vague because I that is. I have not seen it, and it is near the top of my list of what I'm watching soon. So, oh, yeah, very impressive. dude, no, dude, watch no, it. I, I intend to. Yeah. It's, it's it, yeah, it is. I, I, I might have watched mm. it this weekend, except I accidentally discovered that uh, 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 Dead Snow Two was on Netflix. <laughs> Dead Snow Two. Oh, that's right. Red I, versus Dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I still haven't seen I, the first. I, one I did see that. I that it's great. Say, I did. I, I was only vaguely aware of the first one. There's a sequel. There's a yeah. sequel, and the and the tongue goes firmly in the cheek for the for the sequel. All the, right. The sequel has a. 
the, the zombies actually start attacking other, you know, they, they start going towards the town and uh, a guy calls the zombie, looks up and calls the zombie squad to defend it. It's, it actually has a zombie squad logo and it's... Well, if there's a zomb- if zombies exist in the world, there's going to be a zombie squad. I don't understand what's so difficult yeah. about this. Well, except it, it's, it's our zombie squad. It's the zombie squad that we have, you know, in general, it's the, it's the zombie squad, the, the little club of zombie squad people that have the, oh. the, the, the logo, and 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 they are just nerds who go to Nor- Norway to try and see, you know, three nerds to go to try and save us from uh, the zombies. Nice, yeah, it's fun. It's 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 definitely not a serious movie, but it's definitely watchable. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, anyway, Cabin in the Woods was done well. And so <laughs> I think that I think that that gives hope for that. Gives that is hope a for this. great flick. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm very pleased that it's in his hands. And the whole because it, it's emerging now, it seems like it's more than the, the whole Marvel Sony collaboration is more than just like loaning out Spider-Man for a Marvel movie crossovers. It's like a kind of. Joint you production. It, you adjunct. make it. You do everything and give us a percentage. Yeah. So <laughs> that's kind of what it's coming down. Which, yeah. Which is Yay! great. Yeah. Thank you. Man, smart. Smart. Wait. Smart. 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 Oh, I'm so excited. I, could, I am that could still save Sony. loving listening to True. Rachel and Miles explain the X Men. I'm yeah. only six yep. episodes in, and it's just take so a drink, good. everyone. It's yep. so good. Oh, I got it here. I got to keep. Did you get to there. the one with the with the island? With the uh, the reboot the the uh, retcon of the um, no, I guess yes. Yeah, okay. The floating island? Oh, yeah, holy crap. I, I had no idea that the book existed. Mm-hmm. And the way that it, in the first time it, it, it disappeared and they all got out of the vacuum of the sucking thing and they made uh, gravity go away on it so it flew out into space. Yeah, yeah. But then they did a retcon and they made it more intricate and there was a lot of fallout from it. Yeah, and they, they brought in a character that only existed for the retcon who's a brother of one of the is a Summers brother. Yes, another Summers <laughs> yeah. brother. Gabriel Summers. Oh, so many Summers brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Probably another Summers brother. Uh, that was a yeah, great well, show they, in the they late said, 60s. They oh, said, I uh, know. <laughs> we had, uh, was it Gambit, Nightcrawler? Who else were in the running for being Summers brothers? Everybody. Basically, everybody, yeah. <laughs> Everybody's suspected of being a Summers brother. I just yelled great fire podcast. when I fell into the chocolate. Why'd you yell fire when you fell into the chocolate? <laughs> Details have been slowly emerging about Sense 8, the upcoming Netflix show created by the Wachowskis with J. Michael Straczynski. Oh. Oh, Straczynski, what are you doing? (laughs) What's happening? Netflix has set a June 5th as the release date, with presumably all 12 episodes available at once. Here's the official synopsis. One gunshot, one death, one moment out of time that irrecoverably links eight minds in in disparate parts of the world, putting them on each other's lives, each other's secrets in terrible danger. Ordinary people suddenly reborn as sensates. That's the only description. That's where the description ends. All right. Fine. The Wachowski recently let a let a few details slip about the show, including the fact that it was shot it's in It's going to be on TV. It was in eight different countries shot, one for each character, and that viewers might see things like crazy psychic orgies and live births when they tune in. Well, boy, they just they know who they're pandering to. No one. <laughs> Fucking madmen. Guess what we've got in our show? Live births and psychic orgies. <laughs> we know you've been clamoring for it. This is the thing that the Wachowskis don't understand. The visual shit doesn't matter anymore. Storytelling matters. We've gotten over the hump. 
They lucked out because when they pulled their visual trickery, no one else could do it. Mm-hmm. Now everybody can and better, and it's done. It's done. That time is done. Though the Matrix had enough of a great story yeah. behind it to sell it and some really good actors. But that's it. You guys figure it out. Stop being. Hopefully, Straczynski's story is worthwhile. That he, does lend some. He don't make a lot of junk. They, they may be positivity. smart enough to realize that they can't tell a story, and that's why they brought Straczynski. I hope so. Why don't you just tell Rising Stars? Ooh, yeah. The fuck, man. Well, that. So the same problem they had with Jupiter Ascending. I mean, it's it's a good idea that's just poorly executed. There are some really interesting ideas presented in the film that don't pay off at all. And it's just like it's like I could see there's such potential there and it just you you're you're wanting something to happen with it without giving it away for anybody that may want to go see it. The, the things that you see, you know, like, oh, okay, that's cool. I want to see something happen out of this. And then, you know, the movie's over. And you're like, oh, well, again, no payoff. Somebody once said, and I can't remember who it was, but somebody once said that uh, reading a lot of Philip K. Dick stories is like reading Lovecraft and find out Cthulhu's a guy in a rubber monster costume. There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of, like, great concepts in those that just sort of fall apart by the end. Supergirl, the new CBS series, has cast some alumni... The upcoming show will be tipping its hat to former Superman-based movies and TV shows by casting former Supergirl Helen Slater. Oh, I heard about this. Who starred in the 1984 movie Supergirl and ex-Superman Dean Cain, who starred in the 93 to 97 TV show Lewis and Clark. The, uh, Dean Cain. The new Adventures of Superman. Uh, DC Comics isn't revealing who Slater and Cain will be playing, but considering star Melissa Benoist has... Uh, was tapped a little over a month ago. It seems as if CBS is still casting major roles. So, if you're a fan of the uh, classics, <laughs> classics. I don't know you if know. I'd call the new adventures of Lois and Clark a classic. <laughs> but you still get it. It was a thing. Yeah, it's it's smart from the tip that I had to it. Well, at least you know. Sure. Put in a right. It's nice. I mean, but, I but Smallville what, did that's a lot it. of it. Smallville, they go, oh. When they put the Smallville, they put the actress in there, it made Smallville work. But that was an accident. Do you know it was an accident? You ever hear her talk about that? No. Yeah. We don't know what you're talking about. So the gal who plays Clark's mom. Okay. She was Lana uh, Lang. Yeah. In uh, in Superman Superman 3. 3. Mm -hmm. And what's her name? Annette O'Toole. Yeah. Annette O'Toole. Thank you, Annette O'Toole. She's actually married to, um, oh, fuck. Uh, Squiggy of Lenny and Squiggy fame. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Michael McKean? Yep. She and Michael McKean are husband and wife. Is that right? No. That is right. No, that's the other one. No, you're right. Michael McKean. Who's 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 uh, Lenny then? Okay, he's Lenny. Fine. One ah! of the two. Burn. Lenny or Squiggy. I can't remember which he one. He was wrong and I knew what he the was tall talking one. about anyway. The tall one. Boom. The tall blonde one. <laughs> that's Lenny. Yeah. All right, great. I said, did I say Lenny? The spinal yeah, tap. You said Squiggy. I fucking fucked up. All right, so Squiggy's the little thing. Anywho, yeah. uh, she got cast, and then, like, as kind of a side thing, was like, you know, I was Lana Lang, and they're like, oh, what? Really? Yeah, they're dumb. People are dumb. <laughs> There's no memory in Hollywood. They remember shit five years ago. They reboot shit because they don't remember it. That's what it's really coming down to. Wow. They just don't remember things, and that was that was part of the thing. But now, but now they go, oh, you put the old. Superman in the new Superman. That's how people like it. 
People like when the old Superman is now the different thing in well, the Superman. Weren't these two actors in Smallville at some point? Dean Cain, Slater? Did Dean Cain make it into Smallville? Uh, I don't remember Dean Cain being in Smallville. I think he played Clark's penis in one episode. <laughs> Clark Aww. takes down his pants and he's like, hey, everybody. According, according to this, uh, he was. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure he uh-huh. was. Hang on. Hang on a second. Professor Biggs, calm down. Breathe. Wow. Breathe. Oh, you. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. Go, go well, ahead. I Keep mean, defending Smallville. That's that's a good calling. That's a, the guy that's that, a crew mission. The guy that played the Flash in the 90s series is playing Barry Allen's father on the current Flash series. Right. So. John Wesley Shipp, was yep. it? Yeah, yeah, that is correct. Hmm. Yeah. Paramount is about to close a deal and get its hands on the film rights to The Star's My Destination, written by Alfred Bester. <gasps> I, I knew. I knew you were going to wow. have, have a joy. That is a joy. What? The novel's considered, Holy shit. considered to be one of the best science fiction stories out there. It's incredible. <laughs> like, seriously, it's like that and Infinite Jest. Like, that's it. I, oh, oh, I love that fucking book. Makes me really nervous for this movie. Oh, it's going to suck. It's going to suck. It's going to suck, suck, suck. On a side note, we now know Paul looks like he has an orgasm. (laughs) Pretty close. Uh, The gist of the story centers around a man named Gulliver Foyle, who has been marooned in space for years. When a rescue ship finally passes him without picking him up, the man becomes hell-bent on revenge. Bester's story was serialized in the 1950s in four parts in Galaxy Magazine, which was one of the biggest pulp science fiction magazines at the time. It said that the story was inspired by an article published in National Geographic about a shipwrecked sailor trapped on a raft who couldn't get rescued by passing ships because they figured he was a decoy for German submarines. It's also a bit of an adaptation of Alexander Dumas's The Count of Monte Cristo, the Stars of My Destination has had a long history of failed adaptations. Uh, Richard Gere, Paul W.S. Anderson, and Bernard Eichinger were all at one point attached to adapt. See, this Bester's is book. an interesting thing, too. It's a lot like uh, Infinite Jest, and that people have tried to adapt it, and it's just not... Well, go ahead. But that's but Infinite Jest isn't linear, though, right? And that's a lot bigger told, book, too. It's a lot bigger book, yeah. yeah. No, uh, Stars My Destination, guys, you can get through it pretty easy. But it hasn't been republished in a while. This gives me hope that they'll have a nice new republished version, which is great, uh, hopefully. <clears throat> that makes sense. Uh, and, yeah, I hope more people read it. It's wonderful stuff. And it's very contemporary for what's happening right now as far as, like, the United States of General Electric and shit. It's mm. yeah, it's really interesting. Like all the corporations are the 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 corporations are are kings basically. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. How how is that science fiction? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, because it was written in fifty six, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's mm. fucking or even the forties. It's fucking amazing, dude. I mean, there's still horse drawn carriages and stuff, and all kinds of weird things going on in the book. It's you know, and it's all about horse drawn carriages in space. That don't ever yeah. work. It's all about um, what do they call it? It's teleporting, but they call it something else. Uh, Blinking. No, I can't remember what they call it. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know anything about this, but I'm going to offer my best suggestion. I just seen... throw one out there and see if I got it. <laughs> if you've seen a location, uh, you can instantly transport yourself there by thinking of it in the right way. But uh, didn't it, we review hmm. this on the show? Yes, at one I've point? talked yeah. about. Okay. I've, I've talked about this book ad infinitum. Sure, this okay. is one of this is one of my keystones because it's one of the best things out there. Now, folks, ad infinitum and odd infinitum. You have to know that Paul really does love this book 
because never once in talking about it has he ever mentioned the character named Jizbella McQueen, <laughs> who is nicknamed Jizz. Yeah. <laughs> That's a testament to how much. Yep. What's the hero's name? He has a crazy name. Gully Foyle. Yeah, Gully Foyle has this crazy tattoo on his face. The book is used to be also known as Tiger Tiger because he's kind of got like these uh, tribal stripe tattoos. Yeah. And when he gets angry, they glow. Your, uh, your they mic glow went red. weird. Huh? Yeah, there you go. And, uh, and it's, um, it was part of his prison sentence thing. But yeah, Gully Foyle. And it, it also, he's a lot like the literary Forrest Gump in that he's a bit of a cretin and, and, uh, and an asshole. Okay. Who just, that, yeah, that, that Forrest Gump, Gump, that, that immediately that comes to my mind. The literary Forrest Gump. <laughs> the not one, the, the one filmic the adaptation. Oh, okay. In the book, Forrest Gump is not nearly as pleasant. He is a... Yokel dick. A, not, he's not a dick, but he's, he's a true mentally handicapped man, and he's thick. Thick as a brick. He's a big motherfucker. He's like 300, oh. 300 pounds and muscular and just kind of... Uh, he so loves the rabbits. A lumbering, yeah, kind of a, yeah, exactly, very much. What was that character in the uh, heavy metal movie? Captain, Captain Stern, Captain, yeah, a yeah. god in angle. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, and but the, so Gully Foyle is definitely a brute, a brute. Yeah, he's not, but he, but he, uh, he figures out how to do the time, the the jump stuff with his mind, and he gets really good at it. And uh, he kind of, because of his abilities, he's able to. Uh, raise himself in um, through the uh, what do you call it? The Blink. social ranks. He he's able to raise himself above his normal social social position. It's pretty interesting. It's a it's a hell of a book. All right. Well, not to be outdone as the only classic happening, Brian Singer is set to direct an adaptation of the classic sci-fi book by Robert A. Heinlein called "The Moon Is a Harsh Mistress." Yeah. The film will be called Uprising. And the script for it will be written by Arrow executive producer Mark Guggenheim. The novel was written in 1966 and centers on a lunar colony's revolt against rule from Earth. It won the Hugo Award for Best Science Fiction Novel in 1967. Here's the description from the book. It's a tale of revolution, of the rebellion of the former lunar penal colony against the lunar authority that controls it from Earth. It is the tale of the desperate people a computer technician, a vigorous young female agitator, and an elder, elderly academic who became the rebel movement's leaders. And it is the story of Mike, the supercomputer whose sentience is known only to this inner circle and who, for reasons of his own, is committed to the revolution's ultimate success. The Moon is a Harsh Mistress is one of the high points of modern science fiction, a novel bursting with politics, humanity, passion, innovative technical speculation, and a firm belief in the pursuit of human freedom. Yeah, it's, um, it's actually kind of thick in the libertarian ideal. And it's interesting because I remember a couple, well, several years ago back at Trek, there was this young guy I was working with. Um, and he was just discovering science fiction books and stuff for the first time, and he was reading through them. And he was getting excited about some books. And it was really funny because we talked about Heinlein's, what many consider you know, his high watermark, uh, The Stranger in a Strange Land. And that book didn't have much of an impression on him. I uh, also introduced him to Neuromancer, so the great cyberpunk novel. That had even less of an impression on him. It was for his generation, it really didn't do much. 
but he went on and on about Moon is a Harsh Mistress. And that got me thinking that with a lot of the concerns today, especially what Paul just said about stars, which also has libertarian uh, pushes in it, it sounds like that's that's the route to go, or, or at least that's what uh, producers are beginning to think. That's the route to go in this day and age. Let's hope Hollywood doesn't screw it up with lots of explosions and stunt, stunt uh, casting. But let's hope Hollywood doesn't screw up with lots of explosions and stunt casting. Ah, no promises. Yeah. Yeah. What, Helen Slater and... Uh, no. Gun- <laughs> the CW is working on another comic-based pilot. It's being developed for the next season. It's described as a superhero team-up show. There were rumblings that Brandon Routh's character, Ray Palmer, a.k.a. The Atom, might get his own series once he's done with Arrow. That's partially true, but the character won't be alone. Network's also eyeing Victor Garber's Dr. Martin as Firestorm, Wentworth Miller's Leonard Snart, Captain Cold from The Flash. They're even bringing back a Katie Lotz, who played the original Canary on Arrow. The show will also include three major DC characters that have yet to appear on a TV series. Sources say the spinoff is being primed from mid-season and could potentially be ordered straight to series. Are they calling it mm. the Brave and the Bold? <laughs> I doubt it, unless they bring back the ring. Mm. Might have Batman in it. Um, most of them did, yeah. Mm. So, yeah. But maybe he'll pop, pop in. Maybe that's the thing they're going to do. Well, they said they were separate universes, so there's no reason why they couldn't. Maybe they'll just tape a bunch of Ben Affleck going, Good job, everybody. <laughs> well, is it? Just keep putting him in at the end of every. Good job, everybody. Wait, 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 he's go. sleeping. It's I okay. Haven't, I haven't seen the Arrow yet, job. but from what I see, a lot of rumblings is that the producers and writers kind of think that Arrow is Batman. The way you haven't written. seen Arrow at all, at all, yeah. Uh, first, I, I would. He acts uh, yeah. a lot like Batman. Yeah. I would agree Batman. to that in the like, especially the current season. But he is like to, Batman to a, to a degree. But he's even meaner than Batman. The first season is a Not little murder because he kills people. He kills people. <laughs> Batman killed people that on for a some while. Show somewhere. Batman used to kill people and he stopped. Yeah. Then he got soft. I mean, the character the characters have always been pretty similar. I mean, they they always were. Yeah. One of them's black. One of them's green. Yeah. They would always were millionaires. Who were both billionaires. Well, yeah, as I remember from the the uh, Bronze Age, the Silver Age, uh, Green Arrow, and Neil Adams and Dennis O'Neill pushed right. him into. He was he was the the bleeding heart billionaire. He was the rich guy, the rich white guy who had a lot of sympathy for the underclass and for the marginalized in America. And so, especially in a lot of Justice Leagues, him and Hawkman, because Hawkman was the the conservative, you know, ah, they break the law, we break their legs, or burka durka, you know, and <laughs> and uh, so it was interesting. And Hawkman was royalty too on his planet, wasn't he? Uh, no. Okay, so no. I, I must be confusing this. No, the Thanagarian Hawkman was just a space cop, and Green and Green Arrow, Green Lantern. That was also a right political yeah. back and forth. That that was that was where a lot of that, I, where I, the guys came up with a lot of that. They do that walk across America. That was a story arc that they encountered a lot of social issues along the and way. And I think that was really Green Lantern, and then for. Two or three years, it became Green Lantern, Green Arrow, and then yeah. went back to being Green Lantern. Yeah, but yeah, that's like got the, uh, the that whole Neil Adams thing with those two has like the, uh, the there's a bit where there's a old black guy and he's like, I see you doing a lot of stuff to help the you know the the blue people and the orange people and the green people, right? But I don't see you helping the black people. Yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff in those. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. 
Netflix. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm, I skipped this story. I don't no, want, I, I don't no! want, I don't want to skip this this particular story. Okay. Uh, Sid and Marty Croft are back. Yeah, in the news. <laughs> I saw this. Croft I saw this. Super show. The brothers rank among the most influential television producers of all time, delivering shows like H.R. Puffin Stuff, Land of the Lost, and the Saturday morning variety show simply called The Croft Super Show. Within The Super Show, a number of smaller series were aired, including Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. Oh, yeah. A female superhero adventure series that put its own spin on the kind of campy, gadget-filled TV crime fighting popularized by the Batman TV series of the 60s. Uh, The show only lasted one season, in 1976, aired 16 15-minute episodes, but it remains a classic of its era. Legendary digital media and full screen announced they are launching a new version of the series, um, starring YouTube personalities Grace Helbig and Hannah Hart in the respective title roles. The series will follow Electra Woman and Dinah Girl as they move from Ohio to Los Angeles, hoping to make it big in the superhero world. Uh, Helbig, best known for her YouTube series, It's Grace, and Hart, best known for her series, My Drunk Kitchen, will serve executive producers on the series alongside the Crofts. Music video director Chris Mars Palero will direct the series. Series is now filming, but it is not known yet when it will be released or on what platforms. I'm in. <laughs> That's my wheelhouse, man. I loved Electra Woman and Dinah Girl when I was a kid. Yeah? Yep. It's right up there with uh, Mighty Isis and uh, and uh, Shazam. I was all around the same time period, and it was yeah. just what we had for superheroes in those days. Well, I I always went gravitated more to the animated like Blue Falcon, <laughs> but I actually Falcon. could not watch. I could uh, not yeah, watch Dino Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, believe it or not, because the opening credits for them. You remember Andy? There's mm-hmm. one bit where they cut to a tarantula crawling oh, yeah. across something, and as a kid. I was like, I can't watch this if it's got tarantulas in it because I just can't watch that. That's just awful to me. If you want to see, I couldn't handle it. You want to see batshit crazy? Look up on YouTube. There was a um, unofficial Marky Post attempt to reboot that series. There Whoa! Was, there was like a there's like a 15 minute weird thing with Marky Post as like a living in a trailer as an old washed up uh, drunk, alcoholic, right? alcoholic, yeah. uh, electro woman. And, uh, what? Yeah. Torgo, oh. is that the light of recognition yeah. in your eyes? Yeah. <laughs> when he said the whole trailer thing, yeah. he's like, wait, she was an alcoholic, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bizarre. Well, you know, trailers. I'm, yeah. Never mind. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Netflix is working up revivals of two cartoons, both of which were staples of kids' programming in the 1980s. The Inspector Gadget series is actually an acquisition of a 26-episode Canadian series developed by DHX Media. No, thank you. Which features updated gadgets and CGI effects. Fuck that garbage. Go, go, gadget reboot. <laughs> a terrible show. That's a really good Would you believe? show. More money. No. Wowzers. Netflix. I'll kill you, gadget. <laughs> Next time. Netflix will be the exclusive U.S. director for the show. Fuck that shit. The original series debuted in 1983 and was mostly recently turned into a film starring Matthew Broderick. Well, that'll be the next reboot, the steampunk inspector gadget. Ah, I say wowzers. (laughs) Oh, man, that movie. (laughs) And when you think about it, it's really RoboCop. No, no, it's not. 
We done the, it all. The movie tried to make it RoboCop. Yeah. Oh, it's the and, worst. Oh god, that movie. I hate that show. I hate it. I always hated that as a kid. Inspector Gadget? Oh, I hate that show. I despise ignorant characters. Ah. Yeah. I despise characters who fumble and flop around and don't know what they're doing and and then Penny well, and the Brain figure yeah, I was gonna everything say, out. It was really the Penny and the Brain show. Yeah, and I don't care. They're penny and the Brain. Yeah, right. They're Penny, penny and, and the Brain. brain. <laughs> it's fine, but when then show me Penny and the Brain penny? doing cool shit oh, and make them cool. And don't make them have to clean up after dumb dick. No, I, I agree with you. I mean, he stumbles his way through the in, you know, investigation. shit, breaks things. Like, yep. oh, uh, great, glad to have you along, Uncle Ass yeah. face. I, I understand that too, because I used shit. to have to yeah. clean up after my friend's dumb dick in college. Nah. I'd go the following morning and talk to her, you know, calm her down it's and the worst. tell her it's yeah. Netflix oh. also ordered a new Danger Mouse series based on a Bridget, uh, British tune about a secret agent mouse. Studios ordered twenty six half hour episodes that will be co produced by Fremantle and the BBC. I know you're talking my joint. I got all them on DVD now. That is a weird, weird show. I though. love I mean, that show, dude. It was so bizarre back in the day, but it's just so entertaining. What are we gonna do? So that falls oh. in the same category of cars. It's like where are the Penfold. people? Yeah. No, because because everything is built for people in that show. Everything is built people size, but it's yeah. but it's mice running around you know, yes. running around people size objects. He's the world's greatest secret agent. He but, lives inside a mailbox. But you yes. never see any humans in England. However, the Americans are humans still. Yeah. You occasionally saw like a foot, like a human sized <laughs> foot or something. There you go. But, see? Uh, foot. Your feet out there. Well what do you got? You got uh Baron Baron Silas, is that his name? It's Baron Silas Greenback. And Crow, uh, his henchman. Uh the fucking good show, man. Penfold, yeah. dude. Say, Baroni. <laughs> yeah. What big are we gonna do what now? We're doing Baroni. Uh, and he had this. He was almost like Doctor Claw too. He was like, Danger Mouse, <laughs> I'll kill you. <laughs> he was the same thing. If we're gonna dig back this deep, man, it's time he to reboot Secret of like Squirrel. An asthma effect. Like, oh, you're right. <laughs> he had a wheezing, a Danger Mouse. Who's oh, there? It's in there somewhere. Oh, fuck you, crow and danger mouse, <laughs> Penfold. My favorite one is where they hypnotize Penfold and he keeps making the raspberries. My favorite episode. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what, was your, uh, what was your opinion on uh, Hong Kong Fui? Uh I liked it as a kid. I don't like it anymore. Okay. And I, I didn't love it as a kid. And it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. He's just a dummy. I think I was more in love with the theme song than I right, was with the show. Exactly. And and it starts off cool, and then you're like, oh, it's shit. Mm-hmm. This show is shit. And uh, it's the same thing with his uh, his cat spot fixes everything. Mm-hmm. Now, fuck that shit. Why why is that even acceptable? It's not acceptable. Stop it. Make make heroes. God damn it. It's got to be that. It's pandering to the kids, like, say, you're the heroes of the show. The adults don't know what's going on. You're uh, going to make it happen. It's, shut up. It's the, <laughs> I hate that it's the sitcom trope of the idiot father. I, I hate that. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Incompetent characters. I hate them. I don't like the, it in the real un, life either. The unsung real heroes behind working behind the scenes that get no credit. Yeah. I mean, great. It's a real life thing, but don't make a fucking show about it. No, make an I, episode I, about it. I'm with you Fine, on that. I, yeah. th- th- no, I didn't like it. Hong Kong Fui blew my mind, too, because like, cause like, what if he should be awesome as Hong Kong Fui, because mm-hmm. in real life, he's a fucking janitor. Who knows Kung Fu? Yeah, no shit. Could be. Yeah. Could be. And it's Scatman Crothers. You're wasting yeah. Scatman Crothers. Oh! <laughs> Jazz himself. Agent Meister. 
<sighs> the shine. Disney XD. Excuse me? <laughs> what was just said there? Hold on. Roll that back. Somebody, I think, said one thing and meant another. Yes. No, I didn't. The Shining. The original book was the original book was really original. Yeah, the book oh, there we go. <laughs> Help him out, Andy. Help him out. The book was originally written as The Shine, and then somebody pointed out to Stephen King that that was a racial sore. Oh, well, good. <laughs> Don't say it. Glad you brought it up, Andy. Oh, Glad you brought it up, though. <laughs> Go ahead with the. I, I uh, can't. I can't let Paul handle all of it. The next piece of news. Uh, Disney XD has, XD has announced extra dick. It was the D stands for dick. Come check out XD. Extra dick. Lots of extra dick. And Are I'm, you short on D? We've got more D than you can handle. And D means dick. XD Disney X dick dick X. And I'm the problem. <laughs> By the way, yes, you're the problem. Dick is not racist. We got a comment from the episodes where somebody says that uh, he loves your XD stuff, and, but now he can't watch uh, <laughs> yeah. programming with his kid without thinking about XD. The D stands for dick on Disney. When they're watching oh. Disney. Lots of dick. XD. It means dick. Has announced it has greenlit a new cartoon series based on the Emmy Award winning DuckTales. Which Ooh. aired from '87 to 1990 on the Disney Afternoon Daily syndicated animated series block. The new series is set to premiere in 2017. The new Ducktales will be see the return of Scrooge McDuck and his grandnephews Huey, Dewey, and Louie, as well as their uncle Donald and other beloved characters from the cartoon are going to be coming back as well. I'm sorry, I was the wrong age for that one. I know people loved that show, and I loved the original books it was based on. Uh, but yeah, it sounds like it would, would have been right. Alexander alley. Dumas wrote those, right? Yes, exactly. No, the the original Carl uh, Barks, uh, you know, Ducktales, good stuff, man. Yeah, I had a lot big of the old, comics. Big old brothers and growing up, the with with Scrooge, Beagle and, Boys, rather. Yeah, Scrooge and the nephews, and then getting into adventures, and then Ducktales came along, and I was like, wow, it's right out of the comics. Yeah. Although it was not right out of the comics, but it was still a fun show. I could never deal time. with any of that. Never ever, my relatives who meant well but knew, didn't know what they were doing would come visit. And, Here, Kirsten got some comic books for you, and they'd hand me Daffy Duck or Uncle Scrooge, and I'm just like, eh. okay. Well, you, this, you have this to ain't it. You have to remember <laughs> the the more the more adult fair comics I had to get from friends because it wasn't parents... about adult fair. It was about just getting superheroes. Oh, well, no, okay. but see, that's like, what I mean. Know. I didn't get any of those comics. From mom and dad, yeah. they bought me, you know, like the, the Disney stuff, Archie. the safe stuff, and you know, it Nothing was it was my friends that, that would loan thing. me their copies of, you know, Batman uh, and Superman, and yeah, those original Carl Carl Barks uh, comics are really solid. I mean, uh, they mined a lot of others. I mean, half of Indiana yeah. Jones is based on on uh, Carl Barks stories. Yeah, um, right, Kirsten, you you probably got some of the later stuff. Wasn't him. Probably, yeah, the, the, yeah. yeah the, sure. Because the duck, it wasn't even called Dunk's Ducktail. I think it was just, just Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Uncle Scrooge or Scrooge McDuck. There was a bunch of his Uncle but Scrooge and Uncle Scrooge McDuck, and it was Donald Duck. They and were, it was Gyro Gear Loose. There yeah. were some scary stories in there, like oh, you yeah. know, like you know, there. I remember one where they're you know they find a, a lost Egyptian city, and you know, one of the traps starts to close down on them, and they're like in actual danger, and you're like flipping through the pages, going. Oh crap! Are they gonna die? You know, like it's like spikes and, and stuff are coming did. down from the scene. <laughs> they died. No, they didn't. But, that was uh, such a such a controversial <laughs> episode. That that issue is worth money. Yeah. 
squash. They didn't even put the Comic Code Authority stamp on it. Nope, they didn't care. <laughs> Is that on anything face. anymore? No. Oh, it was dissolved years ago. Okay. Uh, producers Ryan Murphy and Brad Fulchuk have tapped Grammy-winning musician Lady Gaga to star in the fifth season of American Horror Story, which is apparently titled American Horror Story Hotel. Longtime standout Jessica Lange has previously indicated she may reduce her participation in future seasons of the anthology. Uh, while each run has typically remixed some existing cast members, such as Sarah Paulson and Evan Peters. Uh, though Gaga might be one of the biggest and most unorthodox stars to join the series, this will mark her official acting debut, the anthology has previously featured a star-studded list of actors such as Kathy Bates, Zachary Quinto, Dylan McDermott, Joseph Fiennes, Michael Chiklis, Kate Mara, Adam Levine, Lance Reddick, Neil Patrick Harris, and ton of others. I draw objection to that. Uh, she uh, did some acting in the Lady Gaga in the uh, in the, oh, Muppets, the Muppets the Christmas special. If you could call that <laughs> acting, fair enough. Your your objection noted. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with the eighties. It was it was awful. <clears throat> I hadn't watched it for a few seasons, but I did see this last season of Freak Show and was really impressed with it. It's it's got strong chops. I heard there's it, a scary clown. That amongst many other things. <laughs> That's about all it would take to get Torgo interested in. Uh, <laughs> He's not wrong. Anything scary? I, no, it, it, she yeah, was actually look, look behind you. The scary clowns on the, the shelf there. Yeah, she was actually amazing in the uh, in the Oscars. In the That's Oscars, what I heard. I didn't scary see, clown. I didn't see yes, the scary clown. Scary clown. What'd she do? Hey, Lady Gaga. <laughs> oh, she. Um, yes, I know what she did. Okay, yeah. I was yeah okay. okay. I was just playing off of your tangential rim shot. Uh, okay. <laughs> Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue McConnick are two of the brightest stars working in comics today. They also happen to be a married couple, and under their shared milk-fed criminal masterminds production company, they just signed a two-year deal with Universal TV that will include an adaptation of Sex Criminals for the small screen. Though no other major details have been announced, the agreement will also allow Fraction and McConnick to launch their other adaptions of their comics, develop original series, and help bring other comic creators' work to the screen. Sex Criminals, written by Fraction, drawn by Chip Zdarsky, tells the story of a couple who bond after discovering they both have the strange power to freeze time after having orgasms. After deciding to use the ability to rob a bank and save a library, they discover they aren't the only people dwelling in the underworld of sci-fi infused sex, and things start to get even weirder. It was named the best comic of the year by Time Magazine when it launched back in 2013, and last summer it won the Eisner Award for Best New Series. No word yet, and... When we'll see any progress on the Sex Criminals TV front, or what else Fraction and DeConnick are developed specifically. So, so for our listeners out there, Paul actually bought all of us a copy of Sex Criminals. I'd like to think I played a small part in the success <laughs> of this uh, comic book. I bought 10 <laughs> copies of that first volume to give out as Christmas gifts this year. He did. Because it's so fucking good. It is a really good story. It's and stellar. If you try to describe it to people, it does sound completely ridiculous and it doesn't seem like something that you would enjoy but if you read through it the story is really well treated well it's it's well done <laughs> that was for you he did, yeah. that I he did took it care you. of it <laughs> thank you thank you for policing yourself uh, the characters are interesting um, the 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 ability the, the, the superpower seems kind of corny at first but the way it's treated by Fraction and uh, what's the other? Sadowski? Sadowski. Sadarsky. Sadarsky. 
is fantastic. I mean, it's it's a it's a well. Um, Wow. Oh no. Or Jeff. The art done really well. You should check it out. The art art is really good. The story is very good. I I highly recommend it to anybody. We just got to have just a stamp done well. Like 80s Jeff. (laughs) Yep. Actually, it's more like him face palming. Done well. Self stamp. The FCC full commission voted in favor of reclassifying mobile and broadband as common carriers under Title II of the Telecommunication Act. Andy, help them out, Andy. (laughs) (laughs) The net neutrality rule changes also ban the practice of paid prioritization or fast lanes, whereas uh, content providers pay ISP for direct access to its customers. The rule changes will also prohibit throttling and generally interfering with users' right to seek out and consume lawful content, unquote. The rules do not do allow for a loophole for reasonable, unquote, network management and do not ban broadband caps. Earlier in the meeting, the commission also approved efforts to circumvent state laws that put up legal barriers to municipal broadband providers who want to expand into nearby towns. The fight over both these orders is far from over. Both Verizon and AT&T have said they will probably sue the FCC over the reclassification order. The last time Verizon sued the FCC and won, the federal judge hearing the case ruled in Verizon's favor, but handed the FCC a roadmap for having legal authority to enforce net neutrality rules reclassification. So net neutrality. There was a judge that understood this stuff? (laughs) Uh, There's... A belief among the tech savvy right now that even though AT&T and Verizon have been threatening to sue, that they probably won't because the way that the classification was written and also because it's a hugely unpopular um, thing with the average person that is tech savvy, you know, there's, I mean, the... the, uh, God, I'm trying to figure out how to say what I'm trying to say. Basically, it would be huge. They would get huge negative public. Um, if they fought, if they fought against it, yeah. they'd be bad in the public eye. Yeah, the the public has already stated what they feel about net neutrality to the FCC's website, which is what got Wheeler and um, the FCC to rewrite the rules in a, such a way that makes it better for the common person in here in the United States. So they go up you're against saying, it, they're so, the bad guy. Yeah, exactly. The, the political um, backlash would be, and, mur- and would be suicide. Exactly. And also, there were rumors that the Senate was probably going to try to start writing its own legislation to circumvent the FCC. The belief now is that because it would be hugely unpopular for them to do that, that they are also probably going to put that on the back burner. So for the foreseeable future, we probably are going to have real net neutrality based on this FCC Dodge ruling for a little while. Once yeah. again, porn saves the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude. Nothing it can't cure. Truth. <laughs> Microsoft announced what titles you can score for free during the month of March through Games with Gold, the company's free games giveaway program for Xbox Live Gold subscribers. Xbox One owners will also have an Xbox who have a Gold account can download Rayman Legends for free during the month. Uh, Xbox 360 owners who also subscribe to the Gold can get Tomb Raider Uh reboot for the first half of the month. And on the 16th of the month, uh, owners can download Irrational Games Bioshock Infinite. Uh, Oh, my. Uh, More games than I already have. (laughs) Microsoft also announced that in the month of April, 
Xbox Live subscribers will be able to down twice the amount of free games. So next month, you can look forward to four free games on Xbox 360, two free ones on Xbox One. I'm loving 360, man. 360 is getting better and better. Uh, These new consoles don't got nothing for me. Just I'm just waiting to ride this pony train out as long as I can. Hopefully, two more good years. You probably got two years for that, mm-hmm. certainly. Duncan downloaded some sniper game off the free gold stuff. Yes, Sniper Elite, dude. Yeah. That's a great is game. Okay. Sniper Elite Two is the one that was free. Uh, I have Sniper Elite Three as well. I have Sniper Elite One too. I have them all. They're great. They're really good games. Elite. That's the one where Michael Moore pops up occasionally and goes, Coward! Mm-hmm. You shot him in the back! <laughs> yep, oh, yep, yep. coward! Yeah, for as much as I don't care to watch that American Sniper, I sure like <laughs> Sniper Elite, the game. <laughs> the game is fun. But it's all World War II, so... Oh, back when that kind of stuff was cool. Capping Nazis. There you go. <laughs> but you, you know about this game, Kirsten? You ever played it? Um, I think it's, I... It's I got I the slow-mo bullet cam. And Captain... Luddite, yeah. Luddite, actually, I, I I think I downloaded a demo because I remember the, the World War II. Yeah, the bullet yeah. goes in them and uh-huh. they shatter their faces, <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. It's, it's like Mortal Kombat. That's what, when you said the slow mo. That's what popped in my mind. Yeah, Bill O'Reilly plays. pops up opposite Moore and goes, "Finish him, <laughs> Bill O'Reilly." <laughs> KFC has just unveiled the UK's first edible coffee cup. The uh, Scoffee cup is made from cookie wrapped in sugar paper and lined with a layer of white chocolate. It keeps the coffee hot and the cup crispy. As the white chocolate layer melts, the biscuit slowly softens, melt, melting in the mouth, but not in the hand. The cups were created in partnership with food scientist the Robin Collective and are infused with different scents known to improve your mood. Quote, we have infused different, infused different cups with a variety of ambient aromas, including coconut sun cream, freshly cut grass, and wildflowers. <laughs> Who was asking for this? <laughs> Who was saying, you know, I wish my coffee cup was not only edible, but smelled like grass? Oh, KFC, awesome. KFC is on the edge of some crazy shit. Edge? Dude. <laughs> Right, they're, they're on the edge, but I don't know. They've gone past the edge. You've Here be got, monsters. You've got double down sandwiches. Right then. Yeah. You've got edible coffee cups. And I understand that there is a KFC in Colorado. I just read about this today. I may be wrong, but it looks like they applied for a permit to sell weed. So KFC is going to be selling weed. Now, you you go to the KFC and get your weed. How many fucking edible coffee cups are you going to go through yeah. sitting there? I mean, they know yeah. what the fuck they're doing. With or without the coffee. Just, well, I mean, right. yeah. Just eat the coffee cups. A lot of... A lot of people do dip their scones in coffee. I mean, it only makes sense that you would turn the cup into a scone, and so, you're like, when you're done with your coffee, you've got a coffee-soaked scone. That and you they can do it in. after they mow the lawn. So <laughs> yes. the cut grass fits in perfectly. Brings a whole new meaning to "I'll have a cuppa." Quoting them, these scents were used in our recipes as they have the natural ability to evoke the positive memories we associate with warm weather, sunshine, and summer holidays. And having to mow the lawn? Things that make everyone <laughs> smile. These people not grow up in the Midwest? There's nothing fun about mowing the fucking lawn. No. Especially when you've got like an acre's worth of grass to cut. I mean, I mowed lawns to make money back as a kid. 
That was my. There you go. Then you I can have too. some coffee and remember back when you got <laughs> yeah. money as a kid. Uh, back when I had money as a kid, I was rolling in tens. <laughs> Although all I really needed was like twenty bucks a week. That was what I. That was what I would oh, end up. Yeah, yeah. Comic book I'm, money. I'm, holy shit! Yep. I'd get a couple comic books and uh, play some video games and rent a movie. I am now that picturing was, uh, a young Paul Mattingly rolling around in his bed on a stack of you know. Eight or nine tens. Mm-hmm. That was my Ooh. first job too. In quarters, basically stuck to his back. As sometimes he I could over. hold off for two weeks, and take forty bucks down to the toy store. And really Damn, I, I got Skylinks that way. Uh, that was my biggest Transformer purchase. I want to say that's how I ended up getting my Millennium Falcon when I was a kid. I, I mowed lawns in the the neighborhood. It was mm-hmm. twenty bucks, ten for the front, ten for the back. Um, <laughs> oh oh yeah, <laughs> business up front, party in the rear. Yep. <laughs> We have an episode name. How much to eat me cup? How much but, you uh, charge for eating me cup? Eh? I saved up for weeks. Get in and, there. And Get your tongue myself. in. You wiggle your tongue. Wiggle your tongue while you mow that lawn. Tongue firmly in cheek. Ten on Jeffrey. the front. Ten on the back. Just Do it well. Do it well. I'll give you twelve if you suck harder. Just a gigolo. Everywhere you go. <laughs> Extra go. five wow. for reach around. <laughs> you smell like cut grass. <laughs> what a pleasant memory. What a pleasant memory. You take me, well, you take me back now. to my childhood. <laughs> you take me back to my childhood. Keep it in your mouth, son. <laughs> Here, hold this crabgrass between your pinched cheek and gum. <laughs> oh, oh. oh keep, keep spitting weeds in me asshole. Chew wow. up some weeds and spit them in me bum. <laughs> Damn, this story turned south fast. And <laughs> it started south. <laughs> uh, this next story is from Pornhub.com and the new technology they're getting behind. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is part, this. The, the way you made that sound, before you get too far into it, it sounds like Pornhub has like a news engine. For this one, they got to eat it every day. It was on Engadget, too. So yeah. Millions of hours of adult content are consumed online, wasting energy in the process and hurting the environment. Oh, God. At Pornhub, we decided to do something about it. Yep. Introducing the Wank Band, the first wearable tech that allows you to love the planet by loving yourself. Wank Band. The Wank Band creates power when moved up and down in motion. A kinetic charger inside stores the electricity generated and now use that 100% sustainable energy to charge any of your devices. The Wank Band, which resembles a fitness tracker, uses a small kinetic charger built into the band to generate and store electricity created by motion. To encourage users to save energy by using their Wank Bands, Pornhub is creating a Wanking Warriors program that offers special rewards. Boy, there's a list you don't want public. Save the planet. (laughs) Hey, I saw your name in the paper, Bob. Yeah, Wanking <laughs> <laughs> Warriors. Man. How's Every my li- Hey, Jeffrey. How's my little warrior? That's right. You heard me, Paul. The paper. <laughs> <laughs> What's in your paper? Right. Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. And thanks for listening. Love to have you. We didn't get any questions from Mumra yet. You're not getting any questions from her this week. So All right. right. So until next week, I am Master Dorgo. I'm the famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Fact check Dandy. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. It's too bad. I like a good mumra. Yeah, yeah. It's fun. Yeah. We'll do it again when we get questions. Yeah, when we get questions. Hey, we'll anytime well. I don't have to open that door is a good thing. <laughs> no, I don't know. 
Is this my cut grass on there? Dead in the grunt. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <laughs> my little warrior. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> if it's done well, I'll give you 12. <laughs> My work is done here. What do you mean your work is done? You didn't do anything. <laughs> didn't I? <laughs> <laughs>